Welcome to From the Booth, a podcast where we talk about the film streaming at BYU's International Cinema. This is our 15th podcast of winter semester 2021. I'm Mark Yamada, co-director of International Cinema, and I'm joined today by our other co-directors, Doug Weatherford and Mahilor Oscarson. Welcome, Doug and Mahilor. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, lovely to be here. Today we'll be looking back at some of the highlights of winter semester 2021, a really unusual semester, kind of like a fall semester, during which time we were required to do just a streaming-only schedule. Now, as difficult as it has been not to hold live screenings in 250 Kimball Tower, we were still able to show close to 40 films in several different languages, corresponding to a number of important themes, including writers and filmmakers, protest and revolution, music and musicals, Black voices, and many, many more. Let's start with Mahilor. What are some things that really stuck out to you during this semester? And what are some things that you'll be looking forward to in the fall? All right. Well, we showed two films about the same adaptation of a classic play that takes place in ancient Greece, written by Sophocles. And the interest that I I took in those two films, one is an adaptation from 1961. It's very very faithful to the story and it's set in the original Thebes. We see the the very strong themes about the nature of the noble nature of someone. Is this what runs in the blood? Do we have that courage to act, the duty to act, or the impossibility to act as well? The themes of following one's conscience and the importance of families revolting against the state to protect that family unit as well themes of feminist films in the way that one sister is quoting that women are helpless against men and she's going to let fate happen. And Antigone, who is defying authority to honor her brother, to be loyal, an act of rebellion against the state, a sacrifice to be loyal to her family. So very strong themes, questions that we can get from this film is what is worth dying for? Is loyalty to family is something worth dying for and giving our lives and sacrificing for? So we see all these things in 1961 in a very traditional setting. And then we had another Antigone, and that one comes from Quebec. It's a first film by a woman, Sophie Deraspe, She did the cinematography too. And I was really taken by uh, the contrast between those two adaptations. And if you remember, we had another podcast about adaptations because we did have a whole week on adaptation where we played Emma. And so Emma has been adapted so many times. And Dennis Ketchins in the English department said, we should not talk in terms of good or bad adaptation, but rather see different things that adaptations do and what do they achieve. And so this Antigone of 2019 is coming to us in a very modern background uh, society. It takes place in, in Montreal. So we're, we're moving continents and uh, across cultures and time as well. Anyway, I, I really love that modern adaptation and how it starts with Antigone, the amazing Naima Ritchie looking straight into the camera, looking into our eyes, crossing the imaginary line between reality and fiction and calling us to engage. So 
what is this engagement that that film can help us develop? This film is very much like all the films that we've shown this semester, asking us to engage with film and in what way. I'm going to remind our audience of the amazing devotional that we heard on Tuesday. Professor Gabriel was inviting us all to expand our understanding, and I quote, of the human suffering. And so expanding our understanding of the suffering and tragedies of others can awaken charity in us, he says. And he says our hearts can connect in solidarity over our shared experience, striving for life and to have it more abundantly. And so it's in this context of challenging or aspect of of American history that I want as well to to talk about the IC films in general, that it, it just that we're here to challenge and to invite to look at our lives in another context and as well to extend that that charity to others. Film as an art form to help us understand the world and its sufferings. We've seen beautiful documentaries this semester that really were challenging, but that I hope offered this open window onto someone else's soul for for all the people who streamed with us this semester. So the power of storytelling, we've seen it as well. And um, I'm going to briefly talk about two documentaries that we're at IC this semester in this series about women's stories and women voices, the belly of, of the beast about eugenics in America, the unlawful practice of sterilization of, of women of color in prisons, and then women of the gulag, about the totalitarian system that sent innocent young women, like hardly adults, they were still children, to labor camp during the Stalin era. And so the stories of suffering, forced labor, and abuse are stories that really question, ask us to to question the world um, very much in the same way that Antigone looking at us straight from, from where she's sitting, straight into the camera, into our eyes, asking us to to question the world that we're in and with with hopefully more more love and more compassion for the people who are telling those stories. Yeah, thank you so much. I think it works like film to really draw our attention to other people's perspectives, right? And I think and Antigone did such a great job as you mentioned because it does kind of draw attention to film itself, right? As apparatus through which we see other people's lives. So thank you very much. Other things uh, from the semester or things you're looking forward to for the fall? Oh yes, absolutely. As you as you know, I mean the, the three of us we program IC and it's it's been it's been an adjustment to just um get the films that we could stream. We had to work with the distribution for this. And so we had uh, many titles that we had to leave on the side. And so one title that is getting so much attention right now is Mirani by Lee Isaac Chung. This is getting a lot of attention because it's been nominated for three Oscars. And um, this is a film that I am really looking forward to sharing with our community here. And even so, because it's getting so much of a buzz, people may have seen it when we're back in the fall. But still, like, I'm hoping we'll be in in 250 screening films in person, sitting next to each other, reacting with with our emotions and our hearts, um, watching these films together. And so I'm hoping that people will come because these uh, this is a film that will definitely touch audiences across the board 
It's very touching. It's suspenseful. It's sincere. It's a story of, of immigrants. It is a feel right um, story about these immigrants from from Korea who are who moved to to Arkansas. Anyway, so so that's like something that I'm really looking forward to. Hopefully, bring to to the IC. Um, audience there's three documentaries i was i was looking off of the films that were selected for oscar nominations and there's three documentaries that we've seen at different film festivals the past couple years one is collective from romania another one is crip camp and the mole agent so those three documentaries are both up for for an oscar and hopefully that's something as well that we'll share with our people an international feature film that's selected is Kovadis Aida from uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina. And that is a war drama that is so well written and produced. And it's a very important part of the Bosnian history back in 1995. So um, I'm really looking forward to this. And hopefully, you know, as I said, we'll be screening and we'll see each other's faces. We'll hear each other's reactions. We'll be back with in-person lectures and, and post-screening events where we can really talk about films. Uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to the fall and invite everybody to, to check our, our website and our social media so they can find updates and, and know if we're going to be in person or not. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'll just um, add my enthusiastic approval of those films that you mentioned and really looking forward to Minari, which is a great, you know, it's a Korean American film, but it's really just this great American story, right? Of immigrants, as you mentioned, and then three great documentaries that you mentioned as well, I think will be fun to watch in, in, in live in person, hopefully. So we'll keep our fingers crossed there. Doug, your thoughts on the semester you had kind of full duty teaching the class and, and, and leading a lot of the, the, the things going on, uh, your thoughts on the semester and moving forward. Yeah, I, I, it was my first time teaching the ICS 290R, uh, which for our listeners who don't know that class, it's International Cinema Studies 290R, in which uh, students um, watch a, a fairly large selection of movies that are programmed as part of the International Cinema Program. And then we meet uh, once a week to talk about them. In fact, I wanted to kind of begin with their reactions. We uh, met for the last time on uh, this last Wednesday and I asked them a number of questions about which were their favorite films, the least favorite films. You know, what was that type of film? And uh, I, I was really pleased to hear that so many of those students listed identifying features, uh, the Mexican film from 2020 by Fernanda Valadez as their favorite film of the semester. And I think that if I had to choose one, that would probably be it, although there were quite a few that I liked. And this was the the first feature-length film that uh, Balades has created. And she did just such a masterful job of showing some of the pain along the northern Mexican border, I guess you could say, but dealing with uh, issues of a mother who has to struggle to find what's happened to a son of hers who's left uh, for the United States, never made it, and never came back. And I think it's a very honest film. We also showed that Los Olvidados, which is from 1950. And when that uh, film came out, in 1950, Luis Buñuel was the director. It offended a lot of Mexicans because it showed a Mexican reality in a way that wasn't particularly common in Mexican cinema at the time. It wasn't the the happy-go-lucky 
upbeat, a happy representation of the national that had become so common. And Luis Buñuel really felt a need to say that, you know, Mexico may be a great place, but there are things that are dark and not uh, progressing as they should. And I think that's what, in many ways, what Fernanda Balades does, because this is a story about immigration, but it doesn't look to the northern neighbor to suggest somehow that somebody outside of our country is responsible for all of our ills. And I think that if you get a chance to watch Identifying Features, it's just an amazing movie. It's not an easy movie to watch. It's not a happy movie, but it is one that will stick with you for a long time. And if you want a happy film, I think that Emma was also a film that a lot of people really liked. And that was also from 2020. And I have to admit that I saw this film in, uh, in the theaters uh, just before COVID hit. And I really liked it at that time, but I didn't fall in love with this film until I watched it again for this class. And even though it's a fairly slow moving adaptation of Emma, I think that the director, uh, Autumn DeWild does a, an excellent job of making the visual important. And this is a movie that needs to be seen and savored. And I would really strongly encourage that. So that's kind of pairing a, a heavy film with a much lighter one. And both of those are very recent films. And I was really pleased with the, the contemporary offerings that we had. But I would also like to point out the classics, because I think we did a a really good job of offering international cinema viewers the opportunity to see some of the great films of uh, years gone by. And I've already mentioned Los Olvidados, but in that same week, the second week of the semester, we also showed Psycho and the 400 Blows. The next week we showed Eight and a Half by Fellini. We had the Battle of Algiers, for example, which uh, goes back to the year of 1966. And then more recently, we showed All About Eve from 1950. And I think that Anybody who has not seen those films and then watches them will feel like their knowledge and experience of cinematic history has been enlarged, right? These are amazing films. And a lot of my students actually listed All About Eve as one of their favorite films, which I was very happy about. It's uh, from 1950, directed by Joseph Minkowitz. And it's a film that doesn't have a lot of experimentation to it. Now, we talked about that, you know, kind of the form. And the camera's mostly static. The takes are fairly long. You know, you've got um, uh, medium shots, three-quarter shots, uh, more than long shots. And it's just a film that gives opportunity for the actors and actresses to act, right? And that's the purpose of the film. And this film actually had four nominations for female actresses at the Oscars, including, of course, Betty Davis. Marilyn Monroe appears in the film. She didn't receive one of those nominations. And unfortunately, none of them won. But just the fact that the acting in this film was so well recognized at the time. And I think that uh, anybody who wants to see a film with so much really good acting, go back and watch All About Eve. I, I would like to uh, point out perhaps two films, maybe three, that were my surprise hits. We also asked kind of, you know, what were some of the films that were surprises to you? And I can tell you that I wasn't expecting to like Yellow Earth as much as I did. But uh, just looking at the descriptions, I thought that Yellow Earth, a Chinese film in Mandarin from uh, the mid-1980s, is just an amazing film to watch. It's just visual. It's enjoyable. And the subtle ways in which the director was able to show 
Chinese national identity and celebrate, but also at the same time find a way to comment on and perhaps criticize the the Chinese communist government at the time. It's just a film that's really worth watching. Another film that I really liked that I wasn't expecting to was You Will Die at 20. (laughs) And there's some things about this story that I don't particularly like, but the cinematography is just absolutely amazing. And if you like visual images, and especially if you like to see the beauty of the sun in a Sudanese landscape. And I was trying to figure out throughout that entire film, what was it that made the cinematography so special? And and in some ways, I think it's just the overflowing light that's coming from the sun in this Sudanese landscape. And and I would really encourage people to watch that movie. Um, The movie that that a lot of students listed as their, you know, what was that (laughs) movie? You know, really? Did did we have to watch this one? Was one of my favorite films of the semester. And it's Songs from the Second Floor which is by the Swedish director Roy Anderson, but it's based largely on the inspiration that he got from a Peruvian poet by the name of Cesar Vallejo. And it's a slow-moving film. It's a, it's a film that shows the angst and the agony of contemporary life. It's a film that, um, that uses a static camera and static characters. It doesn't really have a plot to it, but it's a film that's well worth watching. And it won't be a happy film per se, but I think, again, that if you like if you like the representation of the visual, if you like slow cinema, if you like looking for the details in the margins of the frame that the director places there for you to take your time to discover, Songs from the Second Floor is an amazing film, and I would en- encourage people to watch that. Thanks, Doug. Those are really great films. I would add, again, my approval to all those and, and really enjoyed watching them. I think you're the students in your class had kind of a private screening, which is this embarrassment of riches every Wednesday night to be able to see these films on the big screen. So hopefully we can bring that back to everyone, right, in the fall. For the fall, Doug, what are you looking forward to? What are some things that we're kind of working on that we want to bring to the IC audience? Yeah, so we're, we're in the early stages, of course, of planning for the fall, but uh, two topics that I'm hoping that we will decide to develop into the program for the fall semester is, first of all, Ennio Morricone, who passed away just a few months ago. We actually heard his amazing soundtrack in the uh, film, uh, The Battle of Algiers, but he's such an amazing composer and somebody who reflects so many different film traditions. You know, he made films in Italy and France and uh, and Mexico and the United States. So I'm, I'm really hoping that we may be able to find a good handful of films that will represent some of that diversity. I'm always amazed when college-age students haven't heard of Ennio Morricone, because of course they will have heard some of his soundtracks. And I think he deserves to be to be lionized in that way, especially since he's uh, passed away so recently. The other topic that I'm really kind of interested in right now is indigenous cinema in the Americas. And we had a film called Yib. It was a documentary that was in Spanish and then Chuj Maya that was filmed right along the Mexican-Guatemalan border. In fact, the director, Osan Mermer, joined me in a conversation on one of these podcasts. But one of the things I think was so fun about that film 
was its representation of indigenous communities and indigenous voices in the Americas. And I think that from Canada and the United States all the way down through Latin America to Chile, that this is an opportunity that is exploding right now to see non-Indigenous directors perhaps tell Indigenous stories, but also for Indigenous filmmakers to tell their own stories. And I know that in Latin America right now, that's uh, those films are exploding, and I think that they're just uh, amazing films. And it'll be difficult to narrow it down to a small selection that we might show but I'm hoping that we'll do that in the fall as well. It's a, it's, it's a topic that's well worth exploring. Yes, it sounds like a lot of good films coming our way, hopefully. Thank you very much for those films. And I'd like to add again my endorsement for those and also to draw attention to the contributions of our faculty and guests who spoke at IC, uh, who appeared on our podcast. We had so many great lecturers come and speak to us on topics like the Underground Railroad, Making Sense of North Korea. We had a great talk and podcast on cinematic representations of autism relating to the film, The Reason I Jump. So some really good talks there and hopefully some good ones in the fall as well. As I mentioned at the start of the podcast, it's been a really tough year. We really miss the energy that comes from live screenings and from talks at IC. And we are hoping to be able to hold live screenings and lectures in the fall in some capacity. We have to wait until the university makes a decision on live events later this summer. So visit our website, as Mahalo mentioned, for updates, particularly in August, about our plans for the fall. And hopefully, we'll keep our fingers crossed, we'll be able to show films live. Um, as hard as the pandemic has been, I think it's also provided an opportunity for IC, like other programs at BYU, to reevaluate the way we do things and develop new techniques and procedures that can benefit us moving forward. Things like posting recordings of faculty lectures can give access to those who cannot come to see live lectures on Wednesdays in 250 Kimball Tower. Streaming through Hum Media gives us another way of presenting films at IC. And Zoom and our kind of extended use and expanded use of Zoom will enable speakers from around the world to lecture about films at IC without having to actually travel to BYU. So there's some good things that came out of a lot of the bad this year as well. Finally, like every year, we are losing some of our great student workers. Two in particular, Dewey Walter, the producer of the podcast and our all-around IC Bodhisattva will graduate with an MA in Comparative Studies and look to further his studies in film. Hopefully Dewey will be back one day to continue his work at IC. Megan Sharp is also graduating with a BA in Interdisciplinary Humanities and will surely miss her work on the website and other areas. And thanks to Kelly McCandless for all her work in the booth and for being a reliable projectionist all those years. So thanks to all those who contributed to IC this year. And thanks to Doug and Mahilor for your thoughts on the semester. And thanks to you for joining us today on From the Booth. Our podcast is produced by the International Cinema Program at BYU and supported by the BYU College of Humanities. We are solely responsible for the opinions and ideas expressed here as they do not represent any official position adopted by the university or its supporting institutions. As always, we thank our producer, Dewey Walter, and our sound engineer, Marina Hegstrom-Pratt. We would also like to acknowledge the musical talents of Johnny Stallings, who wrote and recorded the music for the podcast. See you in the fall. Thank you.